Resilient Climateering, How to Thrive in the Face of Climate Change. I am so glad you're here. I know you could have chosen a number of other workshops today or could be away from your screen doing something that you love even more than attending an online climate change conference. But instead, you're here with me, with us. My name is Tamara Staten, and one of my roles in CCL is Education and Resilience Coordinator. I love this role, and I created this workshop because climate change is stressful for many people. That kind of goes without saying. It's like a marathon that never seems to end, or a stream of sprints with breaks that never seem long enough. I don't know if you can relate to this as a runner, but <clears throat> the metaphors abound, whatever your metaphor of choice is, but the point is we need energy and motivation to keep going. And we need people to keep on keeping on. And this might be the only life that we have. I don't know what your belief set is, but whatever it is, regardless, I recently heard a volunteer say that he feels like it is the right of every human on this planet to enjoy the life that they have been given. Well, and I couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah. Question for me is about how to enjoy life in the process of doing everything that we can to improve it. And in a nutshell, that's what this workshop is all about. Um, so go ahead and pop over to that next slide here, Alina, if you would, that the one with the hearts on it, actually. As an experiential educator, I love to do my best to create engaging opportunities for learning communities. So I've created a number of opportunities during this training for you to play around with me, to add your input, to participate in the chat, including an invitation right now, to share where you're, where you're zooming in from, where you're tuning into, sorry, tuning in from if you're listening live. And in a perfect world, I'd get to see all of your faces because faces, your faces light me up and give me energy. No pressure if you're not in a position to do that. Excellent. I'm happy that you're here and listening. And if you find that looking at yourself on Zoom can be pretty draining and distracting as it can be for me, you can try my favorite Zoom feature, which called called Hide Self View. In the upper right-hand corner of your video image, you can click the little three dots until you see drop down hide self-view options. And to get yourself back, you just simply click in the upper right-hand corner where it says view and you can see yourself again. So on the flip side of climate stress is love. I love oak trees. I love deep rock lined basalt canyons like you see in the picture, my favorite campground in Oregon. I love sitting around a fire in the middle of a high desert sage, finding Orion and a dark night sky. And you surely have things that love you up, that love you as well, and love you up for that matter. <clears throat> and it is love and passion that often drives our work on climate change. While I often feel connected to this passion, I also think it may be helpful to know that in my 11 years of focused climate work with CCL, I have felt burned out on a number of occasions. And at one point I was leading the CCL Portland chapter and coordinating in the region as a volunteer. And I just felt like I couldn't do it anymore. And I felt overwhelmed and tired and like it was all on my shoulders. And I knew I needed a break, but at the same time, I was super reluctant to step back because I was afraid of the hole that I would leave if I stepped back. And this workshop allows me to share some of my experiences and navigating my ups and downs of climate work in a way that brings me more joy and resilience to my, to my whole life. And I, I hope I can help you do the same. So I designed this workshop with the hope that you would, number one, better understand how blending joy with responsibility builds personal climate resilience. 
And number two, that you have the opportunity to explore ideas and resources for deepening your own resilience in the face of climate change. And number three, that you feel a sense of renewed possibility and levity around your response to climate. So I see lots of you from around the country and this is super fantastic. So um, thanks for introducing yourselves and reminding us that we're all a community here. As for our agenda, um, we are going to start talking about what is this thing called climateering, and then we'll dive into uh, a little bit about burnout. And then we'll look at what I've come up with in regards to five steps to, to deepening resilience. Um, and throughout this, we'll do a lot of experiential activities, um, get in some practice. Um, I like to run very experiential workshops. I don't tend to leave a lot of time for Q&A at the end. Um, but I do have a link to a new resilience forum where if you do have questions um, that we'll be able to answer those for you there, <clears throat> or you can drop some questions in the chat and there we might have an opportunity to be able to answer some of those. So we'll do our best. So a few years ago, I was reflecting on my climate journey and why I've stuck with it for so long. Admittedly, I tend to bounce around a lot from thing to thing. And I ended up thinking about this super hokey TV show that I watched as a kid called The Mouseketeers, hosted by Annette Funicello. I don't know if any of you have seen this. You can let us know. Show hands here um, if you're on screen. A bunch of kids skipped around the room, proudly donning Mickey Mouse ears like these. My husband gave me these, pulled these out of his closet the other day. Bonus points if you know who any of the recent Mouseketeers are and you want to add that to the chat. I'll kind of keep an eye on it over there. Um, but when you combine climate change, a very serious topic, and I'm not joking, it is a very serious topic, right? For most of us anyway, probably all of us on this call, with a very lighthearted concept like a mouseketeer, you get a climateer, someone deeply concerned about climate change, who infuses a playful spirit into their climate perspective and approach. A climateer does their best to enjoy the process of doing what matters so deeply. So it looks like Linda knows that Britney Spears was one of the newer Mouseketeers. And I will tell you, Miley Cyrus, Ariana Grande, and Justin Timberlake were the others. So it's possible. Maybe this idea of, of mouse ears is just simply too much for you. It just doesn't really jive with your personality. That's totally fine. If it works better to combine the idea of mountaineering with the climate work with you do, that sorry, with the climate work that you do, Whatever the metaphor is that you choose, the concept is the same. Infusing a sense of enjoyment and levity into our life and work increases the odds of achieving what we want. And bonus points because the process is a lot more enjoyable. But why climateering? Climate change is a serious topic, like I said before. Don't we need to take it seriously in order to be as effective as possible? Yes and no. And no. <laughs> Before I joined CCL, I was most comfortable around middle and high school kids. I loved goofing around with them on the snowshoeing and the caving trips that I used to lead with them. I loved playing games with them to help them learn German and Spanish in my classroom when I was a classroom teacher. And when I had the opportunity to join a group of adults organizing around climate change, I felt really intimidated and awkward especially around the idea of leadership. I was so nervous about what the adults would think about me and my goofy personality. And in a sense, I got respect from kids because I could relate to them. 
And I just thought it couldn't happen with adults in the same way because I'm often so inspired by boring spaces. But then they elected me as their leader and everything changed. I realized that not only would people respect me in adult spaces, not all of them, <laughs> at least some of them, um, but that my playful tendencies would have a place in serious circles too. And over the past 11 years of doing climate work with adults, I've come to learn that there are actually a number of scientifically proven benefits to this sense of playfulness. And I'm excited to share those with you. So first of all, being playful releases endorphins and what are called endogenous opioids, which are these hormones that are created in the back part of our brain, which help us feel good and reduce stress and relieve pain. And who doesn't want that? Especially for those of us in this space that might be older and more prone to pain. Learn leaning into joy, and doing our best to be playful about life and things stimulates nerve growth in areas where emotions live in our brain and decisions are made. And this fosters empathy for others, which naturally improves communication, helps us make friends as Van Jones was talking about. And it also sustains creativity and innovation and sound judgment. So when we can be more, um, creative with our solutions or creative with the things that we do in our chapters, we can help them grow, for example. And loving what you do decreases dementia and other neurological issues. And this helps us act when we might have the most time and opportunity to do so in our lives. So in essence, when we combine joy and climate, we can be stronger, happier, and more effective climate advocates. And Todd's going to drop a few of the, the sources to that, that information into the chat in case you're interested in, in looking up some of these sources. So I think it's important to mention that being playful <clears throat> and leaning into joy is often easier said than done, especially for those of us who identify as adults in this space. Many of us have this belief that play is for kids and that playing around is best left for topics that are a lot less important than securing the future. It can be really challenging in the work that we do and the concerns that we share about climate change to find a sense of playfulness and lean into anything that feels anything but heavy because the reality is life can be hard. But the other reality is, and Joseph just spoke to this in the group leader session, which is very exciting for me, that when we focus too much on situations with dire outcomes, we risk burning out. And like a fire with no more fuel, we go dark and end up giving up on things that matter to us and the world. According to the Australian Psychological Society, burnout is a result of stress accumulated over a long-term involvement in situations that are emotionally demanding. You might be able to think of as circumstance that applies to that. But let's dive in just in case. Burnout can be caused by a number, a combination of enduring situational stressors, high expectations, and feelings of pressure. And there are a number of aspects to the work that we do to address climate change that can make us more vulnerable to burning out, including an awareness of the complexity of climate change. We have this deep sense of urgency, a lot of us, 
And we carry this burden of knowledge that humanity needs to take action and the consequences are pretty huge if we don't. Even if we do, the consequences are large and that looms. And having this unrelenting commitment to make a difference. There's a slow pace of progress that we tend to see and we work against resistance, some of us more than others. And all of these things can really, having this weight on our shoulders really makes a difference and can really lead to burnout. So it can be tempting for many of us to push harder and ignore the warning, warning signs of burnout because there simply isn't time or opportunity to take a break or give up, right? Elena, if you wanna to hop to that next slide, that'd be awesome. But here's the deal. Awareness is often our first step to making big, positive and productive changes in our lives. I like to think about the warning signs of burnout falling into four these four categories. And as I'm sharing these, I invite you to consider your own life and whether you see any of these signs in yourself or in others around you. So first looking at the emotional signs. So the, the signs that might show up in regards in to how we might feel. We might feel uh, more upset about the little things. We might feel guilty for enjoying parts of our life or for just taking a break. And we might feel overcome with hopelessness or despondence. In regards to what we think about cognitively, we might struggle to make decisions. We might have this tendency towards just negativity um, controlled by our negativity bias and looking for all the things that just aren't going well. We might miss out on a sense of purpose and energy and just feel disconnected from that. In regards to the things that we do in our lives, we might struggle to find a balance between work and play. Maybe we are working a ton or maybe we're not really feeling like working at all. Um, and we just don't feel the same sense of passion around hobbies like we used to. We might struggle to get up in the morning. We might bump our head or our toe or just feel more accident prone than usual. And physiologically, like at a cellular level, we might just have this general sense of running on empty. Just, I am so tired. Um, we might feel a more muscle tension than usual. Like I generally get really, really tight in my upper traps, um, which leads to headaches. Um, behind my eyes and in my neck and just this general sense of tiredness. So there are a lot of signs. Um, and of course, we might feel some of these things and it doesn't mean that we are burned out, but these, these things, especially as they add up, can really contribute. So what can we do to prevent burning out in the face of climate change? Well, I'm glad I asked. Oh, wait, did you ask? Maybe I asked. I'm glad I asked. I'm glad we're here. So this brings us back to the idea of resilient climateering. While we talk briefly about the climateering side, let's take a closer look at the resilience building side on this next slide, starting with one definition of many to describe the con to describe the concept. Resilience helps us stay the course through the highs and the lows and bounce forward from challenges. When we are more resilient, we are less likely to be knocked down by challenges and we'll have an easier time rebounding from them and this helps us avoid, avoid burning out. Resilience isn't just a matter of constantly streaming Pollyanna thoughts and avoiding the mud in the trail because sometimes there is mud in the trail and sometimes we slip, but there are people and resources available that we can lean on when things get tough. So there are so many approaches 
strategies and unique ways for building resilience. And I find that it can be helpful to have a framework for where to start and how to deepen my resilience. So I've laid out five basic steps for building personal resilience. Notice, accept, seek support and community, practice, and rest and repeat. So let's dive into each of these five steps one by one. Step one is to notice. Notice what you're needing and feeling right now and make this a regular thing to check in with yourself about. Figuring out how we feel and what we need in the moment is valuable because it's harder to know which direction to go to meet our needs if we don't know what they are. So let's take a minute to practice as noticing is often easier said than done, especially in circles like CCL where action is priority. So I invite you to share in the chat, three words or phrases that reflect your state of being when I invite you to think about climate change or even the state of the world right now. So these words that you share in the chat, if you'd like to, might be similar in nature, like tired, overwhelmed, and stressed, or they might be, or like they might represent opposite ends of the spectrum, like anxious, curious, and open to possibility. So go ahead and, and share those to the extent that you're comfortable. And we're gonna just take a look here and see where we're at as a community right now. And I'm not gonna read them out loud, but I'm gonna invite you to check out where people are at. Consider and notice the vibe here that people feel in general. There's lots of exhaustion, some hope some impatience. So what I'm noticing is a general, um, I don't know, I feel, I definitely feel the weight in the space. I don't know if you're noticing that as well, but um, what I'd like to do right now is do a little experiment, which will provide another opportunity for you to notice. So we're gonna play about a minute of a percussion clip and I'm gonna stand while I lead us through some simple stretches. And I invite you to follow my lead to the extent that you're comfortable. You can stand, you can sit, you can adjust the volume to suit your preferences and get into the groove as much as you're comfortable, as much as you feel like, even more than I do, because I'm I, as much as I might wanna dance, I'm not gonna do that because that kind of looks weird if I'm the only one dancing in the space. But I'm going to stretch. And if it helps you relax, sorry, relax. If it helps you relax or get let loose a bit, if you're into that, um, feel free to turn off your video. Um, so Elena's going to cue that up, and uh, we're going to get this. We're going to get this break going.
awesome. Awesome. Sometimes I wish that we had a longer clip, but there's just so much that I want to get to. So thank you for participating with me if you if that felt like your thing. And now I invite you to notice. Feel free to sit if you'd like to sit. If you want to stand, do it. It's great. Like I think I'm gonna stand for a few minutes too. What do you notice about you right now? About your body sensations, about your emotions about your thoughts, did anything shift from how you felt before? And I invite you to the extent that you're comfortable, challenged by choice, to drop some of those noticings, some of those observations in the chat right now. What do you notice about your body sensations, about your emotions, about your thoughts? And go ahead and add that to the chat and I'm just gonna take a little peeksy over here. Probably, probably should sit down again here and see what we got going on. Little smile, looser, more relaxed, happier, energized, a little bitty smile, more engaged, moving is helpful, less tense, alive, love the stretches, revived, a little more relaxed, better, energized, more open, lighter, less stiff. I'm looking for anything negative. And I hate to categorize feelings into positive and negative, but um, but uh I'm always a little bit nervous about doing this. Like, this is not going to work. But every time, and I, I'm serious, every single time we play music, the overwhelming experience is what you're sharing in the chat. And not that's not to say that your experience isn't valid if you're not feeling different than before. But that that was a minute. That's all it took. And that's why I do music. Because um, on this next slide, by turning on the limbic system, Music helps us remember what we're learning by creating longer lasting and stickier connections. So partly I, I, I do music because I want you to remember this stuff so that you can apply it and be a more effective climate advocate. But, but movement and music, particularly mindful music, mindful movement can help us connect to and learn from and lean on our bodies. And it helps us, our body can really help us um, move from an agitated state like you were expressing in the chat to this space of ease and a more calm place where we can more easily and skillfully respond to climate change and achieve our goals. And we're going to look at that um, that calm e place of ease in just a few moments. But thank you for participating if that worked for you. Um, and um, Todd's going to add a, a link to the chat for a future reference if you want to check out that video. But um, so Let's look at the, step, the second step. The second step for deepening resilience is um, acceptance. Um, and this can also help you deepen your ability to notice, actually. The noticing and accepting kind of go hand in hand. But accepting that what you need is what you need and that circumstances are as they are, at least for now. And doing this helps us be more present to and move through our experiences more completely. This makes it easier in those circumstances when we'd like to make space for different feelings or needs that we are having. Right now, we are who we are and we respond as we do to our environment. Accepting that doesn't mean that we have to like our responses or feelings or thoughts or current circumstances. It simply acknowledges the current reality and that acknowledgement is the first step to changing that reality if we want to. So on this next slide, <clears throat> when I better understand who I am 
and why I respond the way I do, it's easier for me to accept and ultimately make changes. This polyvagal chart can help with that. It was created to visually represent our autonomic nervous system and the automatic response patterns that we have to our environment. So starting at the bottom, bottom is the place where most of us yearn to be much of the time. I like to call it the grounded green zone or what's officially called the social engagement system. When we're operating in that system, our nervous system is supporting us to feel calm, grounded, curious, settled, compassionate, and generally at peace. We're inspired to do things like supporting a cause that's meaningful to us, drawing or doing something creative, developing a skill or mastering something or being there for a loved one. So here's the interactivity part. Tap your nose right now if you're on video or if you're not on video, give us some sort of an uh, emoji response here. Tap your nose or, or um, if you recognize this grounded green social engagement zone in your life, if you can see any of these experiences showing up in your life in some way. Okay, awesome. I'm glad for you. <laughs> if we get upset by something that we hear or see or think about our experience, we start to move up the chart into the yellow fight or flight zone. In that space, we have a whole host of experiences. As we become more stressed, if you follow that black line, our nervous system gets more aroused, detecting what it believes to be threats to our safety or well being. And in this space, we do things that we think will help us return to that green space, return to that sense of safety, because that's what we all want, safety. Things like trying to prove our point, maybe blaming others, or on the flip side, maybe trying to appease others. We might seek likes on social media. We might seek quick successes. I know I love making checklists and like checking stuff off. Quick fixes like good online deals or ice cream or chips. Um, when I get really obsessed with cleaning my house, for example, eager to binge watch some shows, eager to check things off my list, I know that I'm in this yellow fight or flight space. Not to say that all of those actions belong in the yellow space, but I know that for me, that's the, the, what my nervous system is reacting to. So again, interactive opportunity here. Wiggle your earlobes, not on your own, because I can't even do that. Wiggle your earlobes with your hand or give us a fun emoji reaction if the fight or flight zone looks kind of familiar to you in your life, if you can recognize yourself in that zone sometimes, or maybe a lot of sometimes. All right, so at some point, things become simply too much for our nervous system to handle, and it shuts down. And now we are in a place of, I can't. This is generally a last resort thing, unless you've experienced a decent amount of deep stress or trauma in your life, in which case your system likely has a tendency to shut down more quickly. <clears throat> and in this freeze space, people often feel a sense of helplessness, overwhelm, shame, depression, numbness, maybe a sense of feeling trapped. You go from being over aroused through your sympathetic nervous system in that yellow zone to being under aroused, even though it's at the top, you're under aroused through your parasympathetic nervous system Para as in parachute or parar in Spanish, meaning to stop. As we calm down 
or move back down through the yellow and back down into green. That is what happens afterwards. But in this red free space, I'm gonna one more time opportunity to interact here. Tap both shoulders. And yes, this might, I don't know, sort of look like a hug or something, but tap both shoulders or another fun emoji response here. If this red frozen space looks familiar to you at all, just out of curiosity, how many of you are able to relate to this? Okay. So um, I invite people to share um, the following to the extent that you're comfortable sharing in the chat. And I promise I'm not going to ask you to unmute and explain yourself. So feel, feel free to share to the extent that you're comfortable. Which of these zones do you find yourself in when you're thinking about the worst effects of climate change? Green, yellow, red, yellow and red, green and yellow. And there's no right answer here. This is just sort of an opportunity to no just notice and actually begin to accept. I'm seeing lots of reds and yellows. Okay, yellow going to red, but I try for green. Don't we all, Paul? Yes, yellow. Okay, excellent. Green, awesome, Robert. Okay, so the next question that I have for you. Green and red, nice. Um, yes, slides will be available, yes. Um, uh, which of these zones do you find yourself in when you're working towards solutions in a community of like-minded people? Which of these zones do you find yourself in when you're working towards solutions in a community of like-minded people? This might be at a chapter meeting. Um, and it might be different. Like for me, uh, I'm a lot more in the green zone when I'm at a chapter meeting in person with my people than on Zoom. But whatever it is, just sort of reflect where might you find yourself? So I'm seeing some greens, yellow greens. Um, yeah, and again, this is not an exact science here. This is like self-observation and again, an opportunity for us to begin to accept where we're at. And the last question here for this slide here, if you are able to recognize any of your tendencies or common responses in this chart, are there any responses that you have that are harder for you to accept or harder for you to allow yourself to experience or feel? And let me, I'm going to share a quick little personal story here so you know what I mean, and maybe give yourself a chance to reflect here too. I tend to see myself as a re recovering type A perfectionist. I don't know if any of you can relate to that, but meaning for most of my life, um, particularly when things get challenging, I dig deep, I work hard, and I aim for perfection. And being in that yellow fight or flight zone is a pretty recognizable place for me throughout my life. And therefore, what's hardest for me to accept and make space for is helplessness, hopelessness, and despondence in that red free space. I don't like being there and I do whatever I can to avoid it. I'm much more comfortable in that yellow space, um, feeling the high energy of anger or frustration as much as I don't like that I get angry sometimes. It realistically, it's just more comfortable for me there. And so I am more likely to let myself feel those feelings and I tend to numb out um, when I hit that red space. I numb out with my phone. I look for things to do in it. I eat way too much chocolate ice cream or froyo. I seek emotional shows as a way to just not feel those feelings. So I don't know if you can relate to any of this, but are there any experiences on this chart that are harder for you to allow? And again, just share to the extent that you're comfortable. There's no obligation, obviously. Um, but just an opportunity. And if you can't 
um, if, if you're not sharing, again, this is just an opportunity for you to consider what are your responses and what are your patterns and um, helping us move closer to being able to notice and accept. So let's look at the third step. <clears throat> One more brain science tidbit on the connection of, uh, actually, never mind, hold on a second. Um, here we are. <laughs> Sorry about that. We are communal beings and our brains are actually wired to connect with other people. If you want to hop to that next slide, Elena, that would be awesome. So we're, yeah, we're communal beings and our brains are actually wired to connect with other people. Despite this message that we get from some of our parents or cultures that we're supposed to be able to be independent and tackle things on our own. When I was younger, my dad ran his own business and he took pride in in not being dependent on others. And would often advise me, don't work for other people. You'll be a lot happier. He instilled in me the sense of pride for being independent and capable. And that's one of the things that I find so great about CCL actually, is I tend to feel pretty overwhelmed by climate change. And without the sense of community and support in CCL, I would have given up on climate work many years ago because I realized I can't do it alone. It feels really impossible. We can't do it alone, but many of us think that we can or that we should. Making friends in the Portland chapter has been wonderful and has also given me opportunities to learn how to feel comfortable leading adults. As a volunteer, I was also so impressed at how the CCL staff provided group leader calls and regular weekly guidance. I love coming together with a group of people in a chapter, in a state, as part of a nation, as part of a as part of the world working towards a common goal, common goal to reduce emissions through effective legislation. And knowing that I am part of something bigger helps me not only feel less alone, but more effective. I love that we have action teams, leadership teams, lobby teams, teams where people can come together to learn and practice and take effective action. And in addition to the community aspect, CCL also provides us a way to lean on others for support through chapters, forums, action teams, it's hard to ask for help sometimes, but accepting that we need help or stepping back and making space for others to contribute <clears throat> helps both ourselves and others. So just brief little question here. What communities, CCL or otherwise, do you have in your life right now that could support you? This might be family. This might be rotary clubs, sports teams, musicians that you play with. Um, friends, neighbors, again, just an invitation to consider who do you have in your life that you could build? And maybe you lean on them right now, and maybe you could lean on them a little bit more often. So we've got some book club, spouse, friends, gardeners, synagogue, family, RPG group, dogs, <laughs> dogs, awesome. You know, petting your dog and your cat and your pets. I don't know about petting fish, but it does lower your blood pressure. So that's a resilience building practice too. Friends and climate movement, local chapter teams. Excellent. All right. So the next question I have, and I also wanted to just mention, and, and um, Todd's going to drop this in the chat, but on this topic of connecting in community, I thought it might be interesting to share about a recent new study that was done that suggests that online faces don't actually engage the social parts of our brain as much as they get engaged when we're in person with people. Um, so while Zoom may be, be incredibly convenient for most of us, we get a lot more social benefit from in-person discussions. So that's just something to consider. Um, okay, so um, I'm going to go ahead and jump to this next step. 
um, practice. Step four is all about practice, making a habit of doing the things that support you. Practice can look like all sorts of different things for different people, but what I love about this step is that it's a great opportunity to lean into climateering. It's our chance to be creative. So it's number three, actually. There's lots of uh, fun things that we can do in climate together in community, but practice really allows us to expand this as well, to integrate this sense of playfulness and joy into what we're actually doing. And I use the word practice for a few reasons. Practice conveys this idea that we don't have to get it right. <clears throat> we, are we are learning how to do it, take action, make mistakes, and learn. And it also conveys this idea of action and regularity, and that's the key here. Practice meeting your needs with intention regularly. I like to highlight the importance of practice because not only does it help us move back into the grounded green social engagement zone from yellow and red, but it actually helps us widen that green zone, often referred to as the window of tolerance. You'll see that on the internet. So as Elizabeth Stanley mentions in her fantastic book, Widen the Window, rewiring the brain and body to improve our performance and build resilience requires an integrated training regimen and consistent practice over time. Just as muscle growth and improved cardiovascular functioning requires months of consistent physical exercise. So then, how do we practice in a way that enables us to become resilient climateers? In a nutshell, we integrate climateering into our resilience building practices. The way I see it is this, it's not enough to just do what we should, that leads to burnout. It's also not enough to do what we just do what we love. I think that's obvious. Too much sugar, too much fossil fuel, too much exercise. We need balance, right? So we can be intentional about infusing a playful spirit into our climate concerns by blending joy and responsibility. How do we do this? We work it into the things that we do in our lives, the different types of actions that we take which I call foundation and focus practices. Foundation practices are like a base note, something we do regularly over time, like eating well or sleeping enough. Focus practices are things that we do in the moment to help us move from one state of being to another, like going outside or listening to our favorite song. Think listening to a minute of a music clip and stretching, like that's all it takes sometimes. And why save all of the fun for only our personal lives? We can blend joy into our climate actions as well. <clears throat> so let's spend a few minutes. We don't have a, a lot of time left here, but um, considering here, um, the simplest way to participate we actually, okay, hold on a sec. Let me reset for a sec. I got a little distracted because I noticed we have five minutes left. So we have a worksheet that we're not going to be able to dive into very much today, but it's called How to Become a Resilient Climateer. Todd just dropped that in the chat. So it can walk you through opportunities to consider what do you love? What brings you joy? And go ahead and just share a couple things in the chat. For, we'll just do this for a minute here. What do you love? What brings you joy? Being with people, for example, for me being outside, being in the high desert, moving my body, froyo, close friends, big dogs with up ears, something I really love, people that make me laugh, phone calls with grandkids, singing in a choir, Dungeons and Dragons, hike with my kids, being in the warm ocean, 
Exactly. So this worksheet that I created for you um, online is available for you. Um, it's also in our interactive training. So feel free to use that as a reference for the in the future. You can make a copy of it. You can do the worksheet online. Or you can print it out and write things with it, your actual hand and hang it up next year. Next year workspace. So let's hop over to, to step number five. And I initially called this fifth step repeat. Um, but recently I added the concept of rest. So you can just pop through all of those um, pieces or just drop, just hop over to step to slide 28, Elena. So I initially called this step repeat, but I recently added rest because it's important to take time to slow down. And I really wanted to highlight that. Sometimes it's important to do nothing um, and then evaluate what we might want to change about the other four steps. As humans, we are creatures of habit, and there's all sorts of brain research around the benefits of structure and consistency. And at the same time, our brains are highly attuned to variation, which keeps things fresh and alive for us. So while you may have a system in place that's working for a while, just like physical workout structure, there's great benefit to assessing and making changes from time to time. So with this in mind, I invite you to join me in slowing down for a few moments right now before we wrap things up and share some resources with some intentional and mindful breathing. Notice that breath is shockingly simple. Sorry, noticing that breath is shockingly simple and quick and that the benefits are immense. So if you'd like to join me, I'm gonna walk us through a progression breath practice right now and it works like this. You breathe in for four seconds, you hold for six seconds, and then you breathe out to the count of eight. And this process, specifically the longer outbreaths, activates that parasympathetic nervous system that helps us get down to grounded green, place of ease. So if you'd like to try it with me, I'll count aloud for one round, and then I'll count silently on my fingers for the second round, and then we'll transition to sharing some resources. So go ahead and get in a position where you can just relax a bit. And go ahead and count into the sorry, breathe in to the count of one, two, three, four, hold for six, five, four, three, two, one, and breathe out for eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, in for Hold for and out. Awesome. And then I welcome you to come back whenever you're ready. And once you can, you can use your own rhythm. My rhythm might be too slow, too fast for you. There's also something called box breathing, which is similar. It's in for four, hold for four out for four, hold for four. And doing just a few repetitions for that, it's beautiful. Nobody even knows you're doing it and you can use it at any time. So just a, a couple quick little highlight here before we wrap things up, how to become a resilient volunteer, sorry, a resilient volunteer and climateer, build resilience in five steps. Notice, accept, seek support and community, practice, rest and repeat, and do this in a way where you can infuse a playful spirit into your climate concerns in the ways that we just highlighted. So hopping over to that next resource slide, we have, if there's one 
resource that you take away from today. It is our resilience hub and it has links to all the key resources in CCL that we have for building resilience. cclusa.org forward slash resilience. You can also just go to CCL community and type in resilience into the search bar and it will bring you to this hub. We've got resource, we've got a whole resource collection with various doorways that you can enter. We have resilience actions that we have recommended. We have um, a live workshop coming up on non-sleep deep rest. Uh, we have a new resilience forum available for you. So these are all public resources and available for you and your non-CCL people. Um, so thank you. Go ahead and drop over to that last slide, Elena. Um, really appreciate you being here. Um, our CCL hub is there. Our new resilience forum is there. And thank you so much for all that you're doing, all your presence here. You can shoot me an email if you want to participate. We also have a resilience building action team that you could join. Um, and I'm eager to get that more up and active as well. So thank you, everybody. Really appreciate your commitment and for staying strong. Um, have a great, have a great rest of the conference. Um, cclusa.org forward slash main stage to get on over to the rest of the space. So thank you, everybody. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks, Tamara. That's awesome. Sasha. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of Citizens Climate Lobby's training program. You can tune into more episodes anywhere podcasts are available. Inspired by what you heard today? Join Citizens Climate Lobby to advocate for bipartisan climate solutions. Go to community.citizensclimate.org to find more trainings, resources, your local chapter, national action teams, discussion forums, and more. Be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Citizens Climate. We also invite all of our listeners to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more inspiration. Like what you hear? Recommend us to your friends and make sure to give us a five-star rating. It helps us show up on other listeners' feeds. Feel free to pass on any suggestions for future episodes in the comments as well. And together, we are creating the political will for a livable world.